this week on The Step Back. I talk about the Brooklyn Nets, Houston Rockets trade, the Wizards, and the Pelicans. Talk a little bit about my favorite rookies this season, and go into my power rankings. This is The Step Back. Welcome to The Step Back. I'm Andrew Martini. Let's get right into things. So, some big uh, big stuff went down this week in the NBA. Uh, most notably, you know, I don't know if anyone's heard, but James Harden did get traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, that full trade, the Nets sent out their 2022, 2024, 2026 draft picks and four swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27, as well as Jared Allen, Torian Prince, and Karis LeVert. Rockets sent over James Harden. Cavs sent out a Milwaukee Bucks first round pick, uh, Dante Exum. And a second rounder. And the Pacers sent the Rockets. Uh, Victor Oladipo. So again the, the Rockets received Oladipo, Exum, Rodi Kuruks. Three Brooklyn first, 22, 24, 26. The Milwaukee first in 22. And the four swaps from Brooklyn in 21, 23, 25, and 27. Nets receive James Harden. Pacers get Karis LeVert, second rounder. And I believe they did get another second rounder after this. And the Cavs receive Jared Allen and Torian Prince. It's worth mentioning that all the Brooklyn picks are unprotected. So that's nice. Um, But... I want to talk about this trade from a Rockets fan's perspective. So I, I never mentioned it last week because I we never talked about the, the Rockets last week. But uh, I've been a Rockets fan since I started really getting into the NBA around eight, nine years ago. And that was right around the time James Harden had been traded to the Rockets. And... When I started getting into basketball, he, for some reason, he was just my favorite player. And so that's why I latched on to the Rockets. So for me, it's... I, I'm disappointed to see him go and to see him go out the way it ended. Um, I was in the camp of hoping he would retire a rocket and be a rocket's lifer from you know the moment he got traded you know from day one the city embraced him um and it's just sad to see how it ended there's a among like the rocket fan base there's a couple camps with how this trade went down um this is the camp of the people who 
only care about the Rockets and doesn't matter who's on the team, Rockets are number one. In that camp, it's kind of like, screw James Harden, we don't need him, he's a quitter, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the other camp, which I think I would fall under, that was kind of just holding out hope that things would work out. Um, you know, that would, that, that wishes him success in Brooklyn. That's really appreciative of what he did. Not, not saying that the other fans don't, but I think there's a, a good group of Rocket fans that like the Rockets because of James Harden, um, or just happy for the, the eight competitive years he gave the organization. Um, there's a lot of speculation about why he wanted out, you know, whether it's because, uh, of owner Tillman Fertitta, um, or, or some other reason. I, I don't think we'll ever know why he actually wanted out. Maybe when he retires, uh, that'll eventually happen. Um, but I think... I think there's a, a group of Rockets fans that are just are still holding out hope that that James Harden returns one day to retire a Rocket. You know they're they're hoping that he he goes to Brooklyn, wins a championship, and you know maybe one day when he when he's older he can come back. The whole day. Of, of when this trade was happening is kind of strange because all day the trade was supposed to be Philadelphia. Philadelphia was in the lead. That That's all I've heard from like reports on Twitter. Um, it was supposed to be Philadelphia so much that allegedly Bill, uh, Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel were notified that they were going to be traded and not short or not so uh long after the Harden Nets trade happened um now if I'm the GM of the Rockets depending on how many first round picks Philadelphia was gonna give I think I would have taken Philadelphia's offer over Brooklyn's. With, I mean, all we are hearing when uh, trade talks were going down was that the Rockets were looking for a young centerpiece, young young star cornerstone that they could build around in the future, and none of in between, not none of the teams, because there's some teams that had that, that centerpiece, but most of them weren't willing to trade them. Um, so between the Nets and the Sixers, the Sixers were the team with that centerpiece. And there, there's been reports that Tyrese Maxey uh, was not 
in discussion, even though the Rockets wanted him. I don't think that the 76ers would have botched a Harden trade over Tyrese Maxey, who's been a nice rookie for the first, what, like 13, 15 games. In all likelihood, Tyrese Maxey will never, ever, ever, ever become what James Harden is. You know, even if he becomes an all-star, there's such a slim chance that Tyrese Maxey becomes an MVP candidate, perennial MVP candidate. So I I don't think that's what held up the trade. What I think is that the Rockets negotiated with the 76ers to squeeze as much as possible out from the Nets. And I I think that's why um the 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 Sixers thought you know the trade was a done deal. Um but I, I'm I'm guessing uh if the Nets weren't willing to give up what the Rockets wanted picks wise, then I'm guessing they would have gone with the Philadelphia offer. So it is what it is. Um I think in a way this will light a fire under Ben Simmons. We actually saw it in the a little bit of what I think is going to happen um, in the previous game they just played where he shot two three-pointers. I think this is what's going to get Ben to start taking jump shots and try to actually improve his jump shot. Um, but we'll see. It's only been one game. Um, but knowing that he was going to be traded because the organization felt that's what would have been best. I think that's going to let a fire under him and we'll, we'll see how he handles it. Uh, from the Rockets perspective of this trade, I don't think you ever come out on top when you trade somebody like James Harden, you know? Um, there was no really great offer out there because I don't know no no team was really desperate enough that had the assets that the Rockets coveted you know ideally you would have gotten Jalen Brown and picks from the Celtics but there's no way the Celtics trade Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum when they're on or or Jason Tatum when they're on the same timeline and you, your title window is going to be for the next 10 years. I mean, you could have James Harden. You have a title window for five years, and then who knows what happens. Maybe you're just stuck with Tatum for the next, for you know, the five other years after that. You don't have another star. I, you know, who knows? Um, so the Rockets definitely, definitely coveted those picks. Um, I'm not sure exactly why they, uh, they wanted Dante Exum and Rody Karooks 
the Rockets could have had and kept Jarrett Allen um, and Torian Prince. You know, the Cavs didn't have to get involved here. But I'm guessing that um, to get that extra first-round pick, I'm guessing that the the price was Jared Allen and then for the Cavs to eat the Torian Prince contract. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't... I guess the Rockets weren't really looking to pay Jared Allen, considering they already have Christian Wood. And I'll talk about a little bit about Christian Wood later. Um, but I don't know. Who who, who knows? I, I think it, to get that extra first-round pick, I think Jared Allen was probably necessary. So if the Rockets weren't looking to extend him or have him pass this year, I think it, it does make sense to move off of him now than it, it would be to keep him. Uh, I don't mind the the Karis LeVert for Oladipo swap. I think Oladipo's a better player right now. Um, and, and who knows what you can get for Oladipo down the line. You know, maybe maybe you can get a first round out of Oladipo. Maybe, maybe there's a team that's really desperate and you can get two first round picks. You know. Um, but... I'm not really sure what Houston's direction is going forward. Because you have John Wall on contract for three years. Well, more like two years, but he has a player option that I doubt he would decline. So you've got John Wall for three years. Uh, You know, Boogie's on an expiring. Again, you've got Christian Wood for three years. Uh, you've got Eric Gordon on a massively bloated contract for what he is now for the next four years, I think. And that's about it for like their, their big contracts. They don't really have anyone else. Oladipo expires after this year. So, you know, I'm not really sure what the Rockets direction is going forward um but i think we'll end and the the rocket stuff with you never know who that next james harden is gonna be when james harden was traded to the rockets nobody thought that he was gonna be a perennial mvp candidate and it would be fitting that with James Harden gone, you know, what if Christian Wood is that next James Harden? You know, a guy that nobody thought could be an all-star. Maybe he's an all-star this year. Maybe he leads the Rockets to the playoffs. You know, maybe he improves on that. Maybe he becomes an all-star the next five years. Maybe he becomes an MVP candidate. I said all that to say, we don't really know. You know, you never know when that next guy is gonna show up and it would be you know it it would be fitting if if Christian Wood became that guy um you know maybe the Rockets get really lucky this year maybe they 
maybe their pick falls in the top four and they get to pe- they get to keep it. You know, maybe they get to have a nice draft pick this year to pair with Christian Wood. So, uh, I'm just not sure where the Rockets are headed. But, you know, they've got a nice, exciting roster. A lot of young guys who are tough, play hard. So, we'll see. Now, if I'm the Nets, from, from the Nets' perspective, I think... They had to make this trade. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily that they had to, but I think they are pressured to. Um, I'm not sure if the Nets really know what's going on with Kyrie Irving or what has been going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, but if, if, if they're really not unsure, if they're really not sure of what's been happening, I think this... This trade is insurance for in case Kyrie doesn't show up. It's also insurance in case Kyrie gets injured. The worst thing that could happen to them is they get to the playoffs and Kyrie Irving needs another knee surgery. You know? That's if he comes back. I believe he is coming back, though. So James Harden's a good bet on, on that end where he hasn't been unhealthy he's plays a lot of games every year plays every game in the playoffs he rarely misses a game and Kevin Durant when he is healthy rarely misses a game that sounds weird when you're healthy you don't miss games Kevin Durant in in a season which he doesn't have a major foot Achilles injury he doesn't miss games so You've got two guys who are relatively durable. Um, I think that's important. My biggest problem with this Nets roster is that their defense, if they have to go against any of the good bigs in this league, they're not, they can't contain them. They played their first game against the, the Magic. On Saturday, and Vucevic had over 30 points. You know, DeAndre Jordan can't contest uh, any of the bigs. He's so far removed from his prime somehow. It, it's really crazy to watch. I, and I was watching that Magic game, and I was you would see Harden. He's trying to go for lobs with DeAndre Jordan, and it just looks like DeAndre Jordan can't jump anymore. You know, it's not we're not too far removed from an age where DeAndre Jordan was dunking on everyone. Really crazy. Um I think what would be really interesting is if the cat if the the Nets were able to trade Kyrie. This'll never happen. The Nets are not trading Kyrie. But I think it would be interesting if the Nets were able to trade Kyrie and get a center and recruit some of the depth they lost. Uh, but can get like like a real defensive center. Like, wouldn't it be crazy if the if the Nets were able to trade Kyrie for Gobert? I, like, it would never happen. But if you give the Nets Gobert now, 
now they have like a, a real backbone of a defense. Now they can, you know, go against all these other teams with good bigs. Like if all like I can't imagine Brooklyn going through the playoffs and having to to face up against Vucevic, Sabonis, Giannis, Embiid, Bam. If they even make it to the finals, they're gonna have to go against most likely Anthony Davis. They probably can't even contain Mantra contain Mantra's Harrell. You know. They're they're gonna have to rely on, on probably a small ball lineup, and hope that their offense can carry them because DeAndre Jordan is just not a good option as your starting center anymore. Unfortunately, I think for them to get that extra first round pick that Houston wanted, Jared Allen had to go to the Cavs. Um, Because if Houston really didn't want Jared Allen, then the Nets wouldn't have to get rid of him. And that's the unfortunate part for the Nets. Now, I'm just talk a little bit about the, the Cavs and the Pacers. The Cavs make out, you know, like bandits here. Just give up a, a Milwaukee first. That's probably going to be a late pick. Uh, and you just get to grab Jared Allen. Um, I'm not sure what the Cavs are going to do as their long-term center option. Because on that roster, they have Andre Drummond, who's actually been pretty good this season. Kevin Love, who's, I think, played one or two games. Uh, Larry Nance, who's more of a, a power forward for them. JaVel McGee, who's been nice off the bench. And now, now they're adding Jared Allen. They had Thawne Maker previously, but then they uh, they released him. But the the two main guys at center are going to be Jared Allen and Andre Drummond. And I'm not really sure what the direction is going to be. Um, Andre Drummond is 27, I think, right now. Is it the 26 or 27? Andre Drummond's like the oldest 26 year old, 27 year old in the league. I feel like Andre Drummond's been in the league for like 20 years. But they the Cavs have to make a decision of whether they're going to go long-term with Jared Allen or Andre Drummond. Uh, I personally think that they don't make the Jared Allen trade without being confident that he's probably the center they're going to go forward with. Granted, it's a low-risk move for them, so it doesn't really uh, make a difference. You know, they're not really losing anything with that Milwaukee first being gone. But if Andre, maybe it's just that they don't want to pay Andre Drummond and that they're willing to give that money instead to Jared Allen, who would be closer to the timeline of their guys, uh, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. So who knows? Um, but from the Pacers' perspective, um, in theory, I think a swap for Oladipo makes sense. I said Levert for Oladipo. I'm not even sure what I said. A swap for Levert for Oladipo makes sense. I'm going to say it right this time. Um, 
Lavert's got a got a longer contract. He's seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year. Um, I think they offered Oladipo an extension. Uh, he didn't sign it, so it makes sense for them to, you know, trade him now. Um, and Oladipo is a little bit not Oladipo. Lavert's a little bit younger than Oladipo. So, I think for them, they don't lose too much from what Oladipo is. And the upsides, there's an upside there. Unfortunately, um, thank God for this trade for Levert, though. Unfortunately, um, during the physical process for uh, Levert, they found a, a mass on his kidney. So, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know. He's all right, and everything works out for him. Uh, you know, I don't have too many more thoughts on the trade or anything. So, I do want to talk about the, another team that, that that was not involved in this massive trade, and that's the Wizards. Um, recently, the Wizards have not played at all because they've had a massive COVID outbreak. Um, but the Wizards have not been good this season. Bradley Beal himself said they cannot guard a parked car. Then they did have a, a nice win the day after, or a couple days after, where, where they did have decent defense. But their their offense has been fine, and what's been killing them is their defense. And... They just, they don't have the the personnel for a defense. Their best player, Bradley Beal, is not a lockdown defender. Russell Westbrook's not a lockdown defender. Thomas Bryant, who unfortunately for them tore his ACL, so they won't have him. But he wasn't a rim protector. Who they have backing up? Mo Wagner, Robin Lopez. Neither of those guys are rim protectors. They're not great defensively. Troy Brown Jr is probably their best defensive player. Denny Avdia is probably one of their better defensive players. Hachimura is not really a defensive guy. And so they don't have any guys that are lockdown defenders. And so I'm not really sure what's going on here because if they can't shape up their defense, then... What would be the point of keeping Beal around? What would be the point of keeping Westbrook around? You know, I know Beal doesn't want necessarily to leave the Wizards. He likes the organization. He likes the city. He he, he doesn't want to leave. That's why he signed that extension. But at the same time, he signed that extension to give him options. And if it's looking rough by the trade deadline... I can imagine Beal wanting out. But if I'm the Wizards, I don't trade Beal unless I get another coach in there. Because Scott Brooks, let's be honest, is not a good coach. Um, I'm not sure who, who the coach is for this team, but it's not Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks... 
has just never really been a, a good coach. He's good at managing personalities, I guess. But even in the OKC days, there's a lot of criticism with him or his only plays are give the ball to Durant, give the ball to Westbrook. You know, it seems like with the Wizards, his only plays are give the ball to Westbrook, give the ball to Beal. You know? And so, if I'm the Wizards, I fire Scott Brooks yesterday and I get a new coach in here to, to figure it out. But we'll see. I don't think they're going to fire Scott Brooks. But... Before they trade Beal, they got to try a new coach, I think. You don't just let a guy like Beal go. It would be like not trying to let... um, It'd be like not trying to keep James Harden, you know? He's not, not, not on the same level, but you don't let these top 10, 15 guys go. You, you need to find a way to keep them. Uh, another team I did want to talk about is, is the Pelicans. And I'm not really sure what this roster is either. Uh, they traded Holiday for Bledsoe and Picks. And I think Stan Van Gundy's a, a, a decent coach. And I think this team defensively needs a lot of help. And I think he's definitely going to help remedy some of their defensive woes from last season. I, I'm not quite sure what Stan is doing with Bledsoe. And I'm not quite sure what Stan is doing with Lonzo Ball. And I think the Pelicans really need to figure out what they want to do with Lonzo Ball. Because it, he can't play with Bledsoe because Bledsoe doesn't space the floor. Lonzo doesn't really drive. He He's, an, he's a decent shooter. Um, and they've just taken the ball of Lonzo Ball's hands. So, to me, he's almost become a redundant player for them. They've Stan is, SVG has started to put the ball in Brandon Ingram's hands more, and he's become almost that primary playmaker for the Pelicans. And Lonzo Ball is was kind of pushed out of the role he was in last season. Um and he hasn't played at all recently. So I'm not sure if he was dealing with an injury or something. Um but they they need to figure out what they're doing with him because if they think he's a piece for the future, well I, you got to put the ball in his hands like he's not He's averaging the lowest assists by a large margin of his career. You know, this guy is someone who's always averaged six assists a game. You know, he's only averaging three right now. And so you took probably his greatest offensive attribute and you're just not utilizing it. Um, and I think, I think they have to find a way to move off Bledsoe. Um, maybe they're... Maybe they're a team that trades for Oladipo because Oladipo would be a better fit on that team. Um, and I'm not sure what they could give uh, the Rockets to get off of. But so, you know. But 
they they need to figure something out. They need to figure out what to do with Lonzo Ball because he's up for a contract this year. Someone's gonna throw money at him, and you know I don't know if they really want to keep him. And if they're not really willing to keep him, well, look, to, I, I would look to trade him because he doesn't really provide them anything with the way he's being used right now. And so I think they need to figure something out with that. As for the the other Pelicans, Zion's looked um, good. I actually I like the addition of Stephen Adams. When Stephen Adams is on the court, their defense is solid. When Stephen Adams is off the court, their defense almost falls off a cliff. So I think he's definitely been an important piece to them, but. Going to the future, Zion needs to become a better defender. Um, Brennan Ingram's solid, but I think he needs to improve. And we'll see who their starting guards are by next year because it seems like every year they change. Um, but one, one last thing I want to talk about this week is some of the impressive rookies in the, around the league. Um, I think for me the most impressive rookie has been Tyrese Halliburton. I know a lot of people were high on him coming into the draft. Um, he was projected to go, I think, as high as four and like as low as like probably twelve, without around where he did. But I think he's just been that glue for Sacramento. And when he's not playing, I think the the team definitely plays worse. But when he is playing, I, I think the Kings are a much better team. Um, Lonzo Ball, I think, is another rookie I've been very impressed with. Um, he's been, again, I talked about him last week. That he's been inconsistent when it comes to shooting. But I think his playmaking off the bench and, and how he fits into that team has definitely helped them become a team that's definitely competing for a playoff spot right now. Um... James Wiseman I talked a little bit about last last week. And I think he's been good in, in the little amount of minutes he's getting for the Warriors. And I think he needs to play more minutes with them. Um, he's their only vertical spacer on that team. Uh, he has a reliable jump shot, it seems. So he doesn't really hurt them when it comes to, to actual spacing. Um, he's the team's best rebounder. He needs to improve a little bit on defense. Um, he's biting a lot on pump fakes. Um, but I think in time, his defensive instincts are going to gonna improve. Um, he looks like he wants to be better on defense. And I think that goes a long way with, with letting him improve uh, there. I, I've been really impressed by Cole Anthony. I don't see too many people talk about him. Um, because he's on the Magic and he hasn't been starting. But just uh, against the Nets game, he was going shot for shot for James Harden in the middle of the game. And it was pretty impressive to watch. Um, coming out of college, it, it was tough to gauge where he would go in the draft. From all the mocks that I had seen, he went way higher at number 15 than where people were projecting him. And I think... 
with Markel, Markel Fultz's injury, this is a good opportunity for Cole Anthony to show what he's capable of. And I'm really excited to see uh, how this season goes for him because I think he can be a starter in this league. I think that's what he can develop into. And we'll see if he can get better than that. Um, but that's pretty much all I want to talk about this week. So let's move on to power rankings. So last week, uh, just as a recap, uh, I had power rankings disorder. Number one, Lakers. Two, Sixers. Three, Suns. Four, Pacers. Five, Celtics. Six, Clippers. Seven, Bucks. Eight, Nuggets. Nine, Jazz. Ten, Warriors. Um, This week, the... Teams didn't change as much, but I think the order has definitely flopped a bit or flipped a bit. Um, right now, it's really tough to gauge uh, these teams because they've played so little games. And I, th- I think my, my power rankings are just going to be very fluid until a lot more games have been played. And we start seeing teams uh, get more comfortable. They start getting to the flow of the season. And because I don't really think we've hit that point where teams have kind of figured things out, figured out their identities and who they are. So we'll see. At number one, again, I have the Lakers. Uh, That team looks like it has a switch. And they're able to turn that switch like right on the third, fourth quarter. Like they were playing the Pelicans the other night. And that there was was like a tie game midway through the third quarter. And it just seems like the Lakers hit that switch and they just pull away. And it's like a 20-point victory. Um, Same thing as last week. This team just looks like it has great chemistry. They fixed a lot of their holes from last season. And they just look great. LeBron and Anthony Davis look like they're coasting. So I think they can be even better once those two guys turn it on. Uh, Number two, I have the Bucks moving up. Um... Again, best record in the East. Uh, really, I think their only issue right now, again, is just to get that defense back up to where it was last season. And then Giannis has to be better on his free throws. I'm not quite sure how he went from a 70% free throw shooter to now he's shooting like 55%. It's really crazy. At number three, I have the Sixers. Um... When Joel Embiid plays, the Sixer team is very tough to beat. Um, hopefully, they'll get Seth Curry back soon because he's been very important to them as a shooter. Like right now, I think Seth Curry shooting sixty percent on threes. Uh, there's no way that's sustainable. There's no way. But just having a guy that can shoot, Embiid really hasn't had a guy that can shoot probably since JJ but now they have a lot more shooters so um I expect the Sixers to to keep this up uh number four I have the Clippers uh they just pulled out a tough victory last night actually it was a blowout against the Pacers so um that's nice the my thing at the Clippers is that there are nights where they look like one of the five best teams in the NBA or one of the, one of the top three teams in the NBA. And there are nights where 
they look like they don't have any mental toughness. And I think the Clippers need to figure out who their leader is, you know, because I'm not sure Kawhi Leonard or Paul George are those vocal leaders. Um, and it seems when the going gets tough, the Clippers give up, you know. Um, so we'll see how the Clippers go through this season. At five and six, I have the Celtics and the Pacers. Uh, I wasn't ready to to drop both of them, and I'm not really sure where both of them go. Um, right now, I'm inclined to put the Pacers over the Celtics. Um, just because the Celtics aren't going to have Jason Tatum, it looks like, for the next few games. Um, so that's definitely going to hurt the Celtics. But they are getting Kemba Walker back, so we'll see. Um, and the Pacers, I, I don't. I think the Pacers are going to drop by the time I talk about this next week. Um, like I said earlier, they're getting rid of Oladipo. And who knows when they're going to get Karis LeVert. So now they have a hole at that shooting guard spot. Um, at 7, I'll have the Nets. Um, I haven't been ready to put the Nets higher yet. Just because we've only seen one game with Harden there. Um, tonight, they're going to have to go against the Bucks, So that this will be a good test for the Nets. Eight, I have the Jazz. I feel like I could have the Jazz higher. I just haven't, you know, the, the Jazz just don't really stand out to me. Um, but I, I think the Jazz has just been one of those solid teams this season, you know. Um, nine, I have the Suns dropping all the way from three to nine. Uh, they've let a couple games slide. Um, they haven't won any games since last week. And I have confidence in the Suns. I have confidence in the Suns to be better, which is why I'm not ready to drop them out of the top 10 yet. And I think they can be better. So we'll see how it goes this week for them. Uh, at 10, I have the Trailblazers. Uh, this team, you know, has pulled out some wins. Um, I don't know how much better this team is going to be. I don't know if this team is going to be able to climb the rankings because they just lost Nurkic for eight weeks. And CJ McCollum, I think, has a foot sprain. So who knows if he'll be how long he'll be out. And this all relies on Damian Lillard kind of carrying this team. But I think last week they, they did enough to earn themselves a spot in the top ten. So that's all I have for this week. This is where my power rankings are. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been The Step Back. I've been Andrew Martini. See you next week.